Hello and welcome to another interview of the Wannabe Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. And today I have here Luca Micheli. Hey, Luca, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Tiago. I'm good. I'm good. Really nice to meet you. And uh, I'm glad I'm here. And uh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to learn from your journey and we met surprise surprise on twitter <laughs> where <laughs> i meet all of the indie hackers and the uh, indie makers at the moment and uh, i think it was actually an interesting story because i was um i guess you followed me or something and then you got my automated message uh, and then you detected that it was an automated message and you asked me like how did you manage this and uh, i told you about ivory uh, which was created by another uh, Italian, like yourself, uh, with the same name, Luca. And uh, here, here you are. Um, you have bootstrapped uh, three SaaS companies. And uh, now you are working mostly on uh, Customerly, which is a, a tool for customer support. It looks, looks really cool. And you've grown it to a team of nine people. And I don't know how many uh, MRR or, or customers. So you'll tell us all about that and how you're able to achieve these amazing uh, numbers. And uh, to kick things off, I would love to ask you to introduce your, yourself and speak how you came to this indie hacker scene and this bootstrapping journey if you don't mind thanks thanks Tiago for the intro um, I'm super excited to be here uh, my mission is to help and inspire at least 1 billion people so this is part of it and uh, I love the way to share my knowledge and I recently started to share my uh, projects and progress in, in public on Twitter and it's amazing what you can find on Twitter and the community that is out there as you mentioned, we met there and now we are doing this podcast and it's amazing how we connected also with Luca. We shared some tips and I'm getting tips from the community that I'm creating. Even if I'm still small, it's it's amazing. I started my entrepreneurial journey uh, more than 10 years ago when I was at the university. I was, um, I was doing IT uh, in Rome. I wasn't interested that much to what I was learning at the university because uh, it was old. I mean, it wasn't that okay. much interesting. And I couldn't develop what I had in mind, what I would like to develop. So, And at the same time, I remember it was 2008. So the iPhone came out and um, I started, you know, seeing this piece of technology super cool. And, and I wanted to do something yeah. on that piece of technology. But nothing in my university was uh, like nearly ready to teach me how to do that. So I bought a book, like the best investment ever with the highest ROI ever, like uh, 20, 20 bucks, something like that. I started developing stuff uh, and I did release like 20 apps Uh Almost 20 apps. Yeah, almost 20. Yeah. The very first was something that was converting uh, Arabic's number into uh, into Roman. Uh, Roman and vice okay. versa. Uh, <laughs> because a lot of tourists in Rome couldn't figure, right, figure it out ah. how to convert those dates on the monuments in, in actual mm. dates. And it turns out that uh, Apple featured me that app 
on the stores as the one of the most important to have when visiting Rome. So I started earning few dollars here and there, like around 500 euros per month. And it was kind of cool at my age. Uh, and my mother, like, she was thinking that I was playing with the computer. After a few months, I was earning more than her and my father combined together <laughs> in one weekend and What? the entire year. How, how are you making money with the, with the Roman converter? Uh, no, that, that was the very first stop uh, that brought me like maybe 5K in total, not that much. But then I started doing more and more apps because I was like curious and I was basically solving all the issues I was having and my... And the people around me, they were heavy. So the right. next most... Uh, but, but so in the in the, the Roman app, you, like people would paid. pay to use it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very beginning, it was paid. So I shifted so many business models with my mobile apps. Uh, the very first was uh, based on like paid because at the very beginning, was everything was paid. Then I've got one bad experience. Um... I developed this app. It was a need for one of my friends. Uh, he needed mm. to track the time. And it was super cool. A lot of people, it was a niche. And a lot of people were using it. Uh, I've got featured on all the app stores in Europe for one month. And it got me, like I saw the spike of revenues yeah, yeah, the same yeah. day around 200 euros per day of mm. revenue and that was paid Whoa! uh but do you remember there was cedia at the time so the day after it was hacked and uh everyone can get it for free on cedia so i mm. saw I, from... i don't even remember what what is that cedia It was the jailbreak. It was the alternative app store where you can get free uh, apps. So okay. the day after I saw the spike of revenue and the day after it was down to zero. Whoa. Seriously, like down to zero. That's so was, shit. Yeah, so shit. So it was then that I decided that my next apps were based on a different model, not uh, paid anymore. But until then you're making, you said that you're making more than your... Parents combined. Not that that time is going to not, count. Not yet. Okay, later. Okay, okay. Not not yeah, yet. Yeah. Got, uh, it. Got it. So I switched my business models for the mobile apps from paid to advertisement based. So they were completely right. free, but right. with advertisement and some in-app purchase. So I made like few more apps like that. Uh, in total, I've got like 60k downloads, but then the most famous app hit, and that app today has more than 10 million downloads. 10 million? 10 millions. I've It's got crazy. right now, I've got more than 100% of the Italian market. What is the name? Quiz Patente. It's, uh, it's like okay. a driver license, it's an Italian uh, app. Mm -hmm. uh, to help people prepare themselves for the driving license mm. test. Yeah. Uh, I built it up because my ex-girlfriend wanted to prepare herself uh, for, for the test. And I developed this app after one month it was live. And then I've got like 70K downloads in 
two days, two three days. Crazy, because there was nothing like it in in Italy. No, there was. There were actually two. Okay. Uh, but I managed to improve that experience because they were like shitty, and they died for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, ex- the user experience, the UI wasn't that good. I added the gamification that was the turning point, like the the plus that you know that kind of people wanted into such yeah, an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An advertisement based. Advertisement based and, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you do money with advertisement? Um, So at the very beginning, mobile advertisement was a huge success. Like I can remember um, on a weekend, I've got around 11 or 14K of revenues in a weekend. That's crazy. Yeah. And Uh, how old were you? 22 maybe? 22 22 and how does that feel at 23 getting 11k in a in a weekend man i didn't know what i was doing seriously i didn't know what i was doing i was just playing with things and to me it wasn't a business it was just you know an app to do things to help people and uh but it, how did this affect your ego like were you you know, going out and you know, showing. I don't know how, how did you feel making so much. The money only with time, no, it's not. It's not about the money. The the thing that I like the most is that at the very beginning, people around me started telling me, you know, I've got this friend of mine that is using your app. Yeah. And today, yeah. everyone is using it. So yeah. the thing that pumped my ego is more that part you know i if i go outside right now and i i stop by a teenager i know they they are using my app because that (laughs) is the thing to do uh and it's crazy that's uh that's the thing that i like uh earning that much money it was a good experience but uh i didn't have at the time the, the right mindset to Put it at work. What did you do with the money? Enjoy it, basically. You, and you spend it all? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I started doing some... So I'll, I'll tell you the story. Basically, I dropped out of school because mm-hmm. I said, this is going nowhere. There's no point. Yeah, yeah. yeah no point. Uh, I'm going to focus on this because I like what I'm doing. And after a few months... Uh, being reached out by a huge university in Italy. And they told me, look, uh, you want a scholarship if you want to, to grow your startup. And I went on Google, literally, to search the word startup. I didn't know at the time (laughs) what was it. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. So that kind of course gave me the ability to think about more in terms of business. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was handling at the time. I was right. a child. Uh, I was a poor child, seriously. Uh, so I didn't know what to do and what to do next. Well, what do you mean a poor child? You're making I haven't like had any money in my family when I was mm-hmm. young. So okay. that completely shift my perception about it how did your parents react then when you when they saw you make 11k in a weekend 
I don't know. It's like in Italy, the less you speak about money in the family, the better. It's uh, it's a weird mm. thing, actually. But they were happy for me, of course. Uh, they couldn't get what I was doing because it's like mm-hmm. so far from you know their yeah their jobs and everything. So it was. Definitely not easy to understand. Right now, they got used to it. Mm. Um, and like for my mother, were, was still something that I should not do. I should yeah. go to the university and finish that and get a degree. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think now it's changing a little bit. But back then, uh, I think all around Europe, people were told that you need... To get job security, you needed to go through university. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, doing some apps, you know, it might be luck. It I don't know. It might just run out. And then not having your, your degree it can be really hard to get a job. At least that's what people thought back then. Yeah. I think my mother is still thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> really? After yeah. that success? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, but you know, I've got famous, like I, I was featured as one of the top, uh, developers in Italy from Forbes yeah. or from OD. Wow. So I was cons- like, I was everywhere in that period of time mm. because I was the self-made, uh, young yeah. guy that yeah, realized man, something Because you're like twenties in your twenties, early twenties, yeah. like yeah, if yeah. you're an entrepreneur, early twenties at that Time, so you said like 2010 or something. Um, I published Squid's Patent in 2011, but I started 11. like one one year before to do the other apps to develop the other yeah. apps. Yeah. So that was the time, at least here in Portugal, where like entrepreneurship was starting out and everyone was speaking about it. Mm-hmm. So like if you're a young entrepreneur, yeah, the, you'll be featured for sure. But one yeah. thing that really you know, as, as a person that is doing this for eight months now and, and making an MRR of $250, uh, something that you, that you made in like a day. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to know how, how you're able to make this happen because it seems that you're just like, yeah, I was just building apps, solving problems and then getting millions of downloads. Uh, can you like now go back and see like, what did you do right yeah. to get so many downloads? Yeah. Uh- there are a few things. First of all, timing. At the time mm-hmm. I was publishing my very first apps, there were like up to 1,000 apps worldwide. So it was completely different. Right now there are billions. There were only 1,000 apps? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. like, like I, I went straight to, I want to go there. I want to be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't think about, you know, I want to be there because I want to do business or money. I just wanted to put my things on that screen. That that was it. As I said before, when I released Quits Patent, there were two. Mm-hmm. So there was competition. What I did differently, I always searched for improving an existing experience if there mm-hmm. was no mark, uh, sorry, if there were competitors, mm-hmm. if there was no market, and I did some, such a higher, the, the Roman thing. I created the best ex- user experience possible in terms of 
design and user experience. Mm, right. That was my first focus. Could you do it alone? Uh, were you, did you, yeah, did you have I was like alone. design background? I was alone. Like I was just my myself at the very beginning. Then mm. I added another person on that project. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, I was alone. I was doing like everything from UI, UX, backend, frontend, uh, mobile apps, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was also a combination of making a great product with uh, a market that was like booming and there was not, not a lot of competition yet. And yeah. you were one of the few apps available. So mm-hmm. people were just buying. And one thing that is interesting that it seemed that apps were starting in what I believe to be a good path. So like you paid to use. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I love that model much more than advertisement, to be honest. But then there was this moment in time when people realized, ah, you know, it's internet, it should be free. And then, you know, this this piracy came along and so on. And then it made you shift towards advertisement. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, uh, do you think advertisement is a good business model? Do you think people should just pay for the apps and that would be much better for the creators and for themselves? What are your thoughts there? There. I shifted so many business models and it really depends on the, the experience, the app and the service. Because for Quiz Patente, I've got 40 millions of impressions per month of banners. So if you have a good ACPM, that means uh, the revenue generated each a thousand impressions, you can get really good money. But mm. in the last six, seven years, I saw a decrease of um, revenues or that okay. KPI. So at the very beginning, it was super good, super, super good. I was having a an ACPM higher than the average. And uh, when I showed that number to to the university, they couldn't figure it out how could I have that kind of number. It was so high. I was earning $14 per thousand of impression. Impressions, impressions, so no clicks. No, no, no. So right now it's like maybe 14 for a small banner. So it's completely changed uh, the, the revenue on that side. And at that time, I was thinking I couldn't get a dollar out of teenagers' pocket. Uh, how can uh. you? How can you? Like, there are teenagers, they don't have any money. And then I thought, they are spending for games. Why don't I build a game? And I did it. And I put some gamification plus a subscription. And the subscription are doing really great, actually. The very first week... Uh, no, actually, after two weeks, I reached uh, $1,400 per day of subscription. Per day? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, absurd. <laughs> yeah, I published everything on, on, the, on the newsletter. So there is the first issue released a few days back, if you want to read it, the full story. Yeah. So it's crazy. So I, I changed, again, the business model, and it was working because I observed... I like not an issue, but some sort of behavior of my target audience. 
and I decided to put it uh, a, a subscription in it, and it was working crazy. So, what 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 did you observe that made you think that uh, they were playing games? They were in in between classes. They were playing games with each other, like when you prepare yourself for the driving license in Italy, you're doing like 30 questions and out of 30 yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. you need to do less than four errors. Otherwise you will not pass. Yeah. And basically you're comparing yourself with your, your peers. Okay. Yeah. So they were comparing themselves and I started doing some like, okay, if I can make this a, a game, it will change their ah. perspective of the app. And it did it. Like a like, game related to the questions, to the driving yeah. questions. Yeah. So it's right. like, I, I, I will not tell you the whole process because we can yeah, speak yeah, for yeah. hours, but uh, yeah, it worked, it worked quite fine. Uh, the gamification is still there. And uh, the subscription has been not a, like, it's not a SaaS that you have got customers for ages. You will prepare yourself for the driver license for like six months top. Yeah. So that means yeah. the churn of that subscription is going to happen after six months. Yeah. So of course, it, yeah. it's like having you lose uh, these, these users. Yeah, right? exactly. You eventually lose them. Yeah. 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 And this game and this game. So people. So at first you're doing uh, advertisement, and mm -hmm. then you realize, okay, if I make a game, people are willing to pay to play the game. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah, correct. And then how much were they paying? Uh, it should be around 90, 90 euros per month. And, uh, we 90, got... 90? No, 19. 19, 19. okay, 1.9. Okay. Um, and uh, we've got three and six months. Uh, the most purchased one is the first. And then there is the six months uh, that is around 60 euros. Um, just to play with each other, just to play like a multiplayer game where yeah, you like to exercise and to be on top of the charts, you know, uh, because you will go faster in the game. That's so and, interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. so interesting. And the fact that you were able to see that, how did you get that information, right? Because how did you know that they were playing games in between? Listening uh, customers, like. I was remembering, first of all, what I was doing at my age mm -hmm. when I took the driver license. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, with that kind of audience, I was serving them with customer service. That's why I actually created Customerly. Uh -huh. uh, and I was listening to their feedback and opinion about each yeah. stage of their preparation. How much of your time was spent in that process in comparison with building features? Quizpalente wasn't that big in terms of project. Like it was just an app. So you don't have to add features and features. It was like it was there. And then I had a few more in, in the following years. So it wasn't that consuming, okay. uh, time consuming. After a few years, I switched completely the game and I put it under a new kind of design and everything. So before doing that release, I decided to go and interview them all. The different thing is right now with Customerly. It's a 
it's an evolving, like a continuously evolving product that is needed to be in that right, kind of right, always right, right. changing thing. It's a yeah. SaaS kind of thing, not yeah. an, a simple app or an yeah, app. exactly. So just for me to kind of um, understand a little bit your path. So you started building apps. Some of all of them or most of them are still available and some of them still give you money, kind of a passive income, right? No, I sold them all. I mean, so I shut down the like all of them except for Quiz Patente when I saw that Quiz ah, Patente was doing good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I focused on just one thing, just one project. I couldn't figure it out to, you know, focus on different okay. stuff. Why not just keep the others running in the in the back burner? They were, they were. But after a while, they started, you know, get obsolete and Apple started doing, you know, killing them ah, if you yeah, didn't yeah, update it. them. Uh, and then, of course, I started developing the SaaS for driving schools to connect with Quiz Patente. So driving schools needed to connect with um, with their students on the app. Mm -hmm. That's when I started building SaaS. Oh, okay. 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 Got it. Um, so, so when did you kind of assume that this would be your life uh, to be an entrepreneur? So you quit college, you started building these apps, suddenly you start making money, then you get this kind of scholarship. When did you, I don't know, told to yourself that, okay, no, I, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. Uh, during the scholarship. Okay. I mean, I I never had a pay slip before. Never. Mm. Like, I never worked for anyone else rather than me. So mm. I never had that kind of experience, and sometimes I'm missing it. Like, I'm missing the things that are happening on the other side. But what do you I, miss? Like I was speaking with my girlfriend and, you know, like the basic stuff, like getting an interview, a job interview. I never got a, a job interview on the other side. It so, sucks, man. No one wants yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, it's and when I had to do my first job interview on the other side as an, as an entrepreneur, it was like, okay, I never did the experience on the other side. So yeah, I, did, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. But you, you, you can do it. You can just do it. Apply for a job, do an interview. Why not? <laughs> if you yeah, get the I don't know. Like, I don't know. How, how can I position myself right now? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't need to take the job. You just need to take the interview. Fair enough. Do that. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> for sure, people would like to interview you. Uh, it's yeah. not that fun. Uh, well, I don't know. So you, you miss interviews. What, what else do you miss? I, I guess like colleagues. And no, one thing that I, that I really liked and I miss now when I was working for, for Trivago um, and then the other startup I work like these companies, they kind of manage your life somehow. Like you have events, you have like parties, you have food, all of this is kind of managed for you. Um, and then when you're an entrepreneur, you can feel very much lonely because you have to manage all of these things. So this is something that I definitely miss. That's true. Uh, at the very beginning, maybe I was kind of alone when I was doing Quiz Patente, but I was sharing a lot of uh, insight with other peers, like others entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I met my co-founders of Customerly over there. Like we were sharing everything, like what we are doing right now, building in public. Basically, we were doing with each other. So in the, in the scholarship. Felt, uh, yeah, through the scholarship, we met mm -hmm. together there. Okay. Um, okay. You never I felt never, alone. 
Mm, not that much. Uh, okay. No. Also, because when we founded Customerly, when we started working on Customerly, we were three. Mm -hmm. um, then yeah, five, then not. I mean, it was. Yeah. We were having. So, what fun. do you miss? I'm curious. Like, I've never heard this. Like, an entrepreneur saying that, like, yeah, you know, I miss. Uh, having the experiences of, of a normal job like wh what is what is it missing for you i don't know what it is so sometimes i ask myself what what it is i never had that experience in in my life i never right got a basically i never had a boss <laughs> like yeah I, I, the, I mean i'm <laughs> figuring myself uh as a as a leader for my team yeah. But I never got a boss to compare myself with, you know, either way. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, something that I think. Oh, Zuckerberg also never had a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I guess. And Elon Musk, probably. Yeah, that's a very fair, interesting topic. Like, there's a lot of, you know, top bosses, top CEOs that never actually had a boss. <laughs> yeah. So, how to figure that out? Like, how, how are you, like, do you ask? Questions? Do you read books? How do you figure out how to a be a, a good boss? A lot of books. Yeah. Um, and always wanted to like I like to treat people how I would like to be treated. Yeah. And one of the best book I ever read about this was the uh, I don't remember the name in English. I read it in Italian a few years back. Is like how to influence people. Okay. Um, from Dale Carnegie, mm -hmm. um, it's it's just amazing. So it's an and interesting. It yeah, yeah. And also, I was an introvert because you know developers, <laughs> yeah. kind of behind the scene, always working on a keyword. Um, and all of the sudden, with the exposure I've got from Quiz Patente, I've been speaking to. 500 people on our, in a room or in television or newspaper. Like it was crazy. And I wanted to do something more. Like I took a course about leadership to learn mm -hmm. more about, you know, how to manage a team, how to connect properly with people, how to speak in public, everything, everything. Okay. Was so good. Yeah. We need to learn somehow. And mm -hmm. uh, there's so much information out there that uh yeah it just it just for grabs i think nowadays with the internet and and, and everything you figured out that okay you want to be an entrepreneur and uh, you killed all the other apps you just continued with your uh, driving license uh quits patente i don't know if i said it properly perfectly actually <laughs> oh, good <laughs> and um, tell me where does customerly come into play as I told you before, we were doing a SaaS for driving schools mm -hmm. and we were having a lot of customers on the apps and I wanted to do basically three things with them. The first thing was how I was getting so many different messages and from on different channels such as WhatsApp or mail or phone everywhere of feedback on the right. SaaS. And the information was cut rate. 
And mm -hmm. also I didn't have a proper admin panel where to quickly look and at their information. So to whom I was speaking to and how can I uh, like keep track of the communication between the, the dev team and the, uh, and the customer on the other side. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started thinking to create not a product within my SaaS, but extend External. the product, mm -hmm. like create a, some sort of, I don't know, I don't know how to call it. Yes, kind of a spin-off, exactly. Yeah. Um, and with this friend of mine, Daniele, is, um, he's the CEO of uh, Fatura and Cloud. Mm. It's an invoice, it's the leader invoice uh, system in Italy. Uh, he was having the same issues with his customer. He's got a SaaS for invoicing, uh, same stuff, uh, same automation stuff, same mm -hmm. uh, communication issues. And we decided to team up together. The challenges were super high because we needed to do so many things that we never done before. Right. Um, that's when we decided to create customerly. Yeah. Okay. So it came from a problem that you had. And you you know you start suddenly mention and and speaking in the uh, is it the first person of the plural like you, you start saying we so instead of I right so now you have when you I guess you joined this uh, this accelerator and you you got two co-founders was it correct yeah I never joined the accelerator uh, they asked me to join them for like an amount that I didn't want it to share. Okay. Uh, okay. But I met this friend of mine and co-founder uh, and we decided to team up a few years later after okay. we've been in San Francisco because we won another scholarship in San Francisco. Uh, Both of to you learn... together, but in different projects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I was doing okay. my SaaS and he was doing his own SaaS. Mm. And after, you know, coming back, uh, we decided to team up and uh, we created customer a few months after that. Okay. Uh, so in Quit Patente, you never had anyone working with you? We had, yeah, yeah. Actually, after a few years, I've got my uh, co-founder. Uh, that now is a shareholder as well in Customerly. We exited uh, Quiz Patente together. Okay. So it has been acquired. So you sold it? It's not, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Quiz right. Patente and, they, and at, it's an NDA, I cannot tell you, but it's uh. a, it's a hundred of thousands of euros. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. good. After a few years, we were working on daytime on our main project and nighttime and weekends on customerly so it was super <laughs> i love shallow. when this happens i love when they like you have an entrepreneur working on their entrepreneurial project as your their main project and their side project is another entrepreneurial project <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing it's just the the spirit of, of an entrepreneur yeah that's uh, great and uh, how how is it like to go from a solo founder you know doing everything your own way to work with someone else Definitely a challenging experience. Uh, I wasn't used to like delegate 
at the very beginning because the app were simple to do, yeah. but then I realized I couldn't do anything like customly all along. I cannot figure it out. How, how can I build such a thing with, uh, with no one? Um, what, what were the challenges? Was like the, the, the coding itself? Uh, no, per, no, man, personal challenges, like the psychology behind, you know, you need to start thinking that you can delegate, you must delegate mm. and you need to trust what you delegate. That's the right. thing, because if you don't have trust on what the other people will do, you will be fucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the thing. You know, but you know, that's a, a huge issue uh, for entrepreneurs, I feel, because sometimes we all got burned already, right? And even even uh, recently in the community, uh, Max, a member, was saying that, you know, he keeps on trying to start projects and people is like a business marketing background and the developers that work with him always end up like stopping or they're not motivation. They don't have the motivation to continue. And the same already happened to me. So now I'm at this point that I don't delegate anything that is critical uh, for my business. Sometimes people ask me like, ah, I want to help or something. I never delegate something that is critical because I was burned so many times that I think I, I don't want you to ruin my business. So I guess it must be really hard for you to start delegating something that is critical because if they suddenly want to do something else or they... I don't know, meets a girl or, or a boy and want to move and do something else, then your business is, is fucked, right? So I guess, mm -hmm. was that the issue, like, to be able to give something that is crucial to your business? I didn't know what was crucial to the business. So then I was okay. having that kind of mindset that I could do everything on my own. So it was definitely something I should have got rid of as soon mm. as possible. And I started doing it. I, I needed to trust other people to do things. And uh, like when we created Customerly, we were the three of us. And my trust on their side was 100%. And I had another experience later, like uh, last year with uh, the sales process. Um, I outsourced the sales process, the cold outreach, because I I felt we need a proper sales process in place. Mm -hmm. And I never had that kind of experience in customer. We, we never had like direct sales experience. Um, so I found this company and I wanted to outsource that. And I learned mm -hmm. the hard way after spending 36K, uh, almost all of them wasted. Um, that you, you cannot build something such as the sales process without building it you first. Like I was thinking that yeah. they could help me to build the entire process, yeah. but the actual process should be on your own. And then you need to outsource, uh, you need to share your knowledge on how to mm. build that sales process. So trust, it's a, a really delicate thing, but I learned uh, to trust more and uh, to share trust with partners or with uh, with other collaborators, such as um, uh, the designer team we hired. It's uh, it's amazing, and um, trust is mm -hmm. super important, man. Like you cannot go that far 
solo. You right. need great people to build great businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, to build a thing such customerly, it's yeah. impossible to do it alone. Seriously yeah. impossible. So what what is the what 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 is your pitch for customerly? Like what what is customerly for the listeners that don't know about it? Right now, uh, we are targeting B2B SaaS and we are helping them to better communicate with their customers on the platform. And to communicate means support, engagement, such as marketing automation, or gather feedback through in-chat surveys. Mm. Um, I was having this issue, man, to answer to this question because customerly can help such different variety of personas, Uh, but it was always an issue for us because we weren't positioning properly to anyone. Oh, got it. Um, But the thing is, our best customers are SaaS, B2B SaaS. Mm -hmm. And the most value they see is in, you know, the communication part with the, the live chat and the inbox. But then the marketing automation where you can build workflow to shoot emails at the right time to the right customer. And you can also what, do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you're basically gathering all the information you want from the user and the behavior they're having on your SaaS. And based on that behavior, based on their status, their properties, you can shoot emails or live chat messages within your app. Ah. So it's not only for user support, it's also for marketing then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because when I when you open the website, uh, you see that you have like a the classic little chat uh, mm-hmm. box on the bottom right, mm-hmm. and then uh, you also have a kind of a Slack chat, you know, similar to Slack somehow, where you have like your users on the left, and you have your messages, and you have like kind of groups, and then you can chat with them like you're exactly. chatting with your peers on Slack. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can also then send emails and set up like this kind of. Uh, is it like CMR uh, automation and, and do Correct. some marketing in this kind of stuff? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's one a very place complex to product. communicate with all your customers. All right. So now that we established what what the customerly is, what what was the first version of it? Like, uh, what, what was like the the features that you said? Okay, we need to have at least these to to do the release. If, if I can show you like the screenshots of the very first release, you, you will laugh. Basically, it was so shitty, man, and uh, the code base was so shitty. Like right now, we grew so much, but the very first beta we released to some friends of ours was the the live chat with just the communication, the inbox with just very few features to communicate with your customers, such as mm-hmm. open tickets, closed tickets, and the properties of the user. And uh, the customer segmentation, what we today call contacts with the filtering option, mm-hmm. it was also there. Not powerful as it is right now, but definitely you can create segments and understand their customer base. That was the very first iteration. And uh, how how did you launch it? Like, did you 
what is the, yeah what is the launching process we never launched it like seriously we never launched it we delivered it to very few people like six of our best friends with SaaS businesses mm -hmm. and we started getting traction with the with the power by label on the chart right. so people yes. yeah checking that uh we grew organically up to six mm. or eight thousand signups thanks to that so we never actually launched we never focused on one specific customer persona because we had that kind of growth uh, organic growth mm -hmm. and then after that you did um and I, i read a very interesting blog post you wrote you did the lifetime deal uh, which yep. was kind of a way that you you mentioned in the blog post i know that you might might change your add change your mind a little bit because this was 2019 but uh, was your way to raise money somehow raise money from your customers you sell lifetime deals and you were able to raise or together 60,000 dollars or euros but you you're telling me off off record that you kind of changed your mind a little bit that maybe this was not so good this lifetime deal so tell me why We initially thought that we could get a little bit more traction from the LTD launch and uh, it was certainly something that created some hype behind the product. But after a few years, I can tell you that the hype that was created from the LTD community is mm -hmm. not the hype that will bring money on the long term. So right. if you're searching to build MRR, that's not the right strategy. And you're mm -hmm. going to focus on people that will not give, it, give you any, any dollar out of it. So even if you're hunting more and more things, it's not working. Like we had out of 2,000 sales, we had one person converting to an actual plan, like an actual paid plan on MRR. <laughs> and that's okay. something like crazy and uh at the same if time, they got a lifetime deal why would they convert lifetime uh, because, deal? what does it mean lifetime deal actually uh sure so basically lifetime deal it depends what's your offer what you're going to offer and at the time we offered the pro plan at 49 i don't remember exactly but we shared with them the pro plan the pro plan is um It's having 5K contacts to handle. And if you need more, it means if you grow more than 5,000 right. contacts, you will need to pay the enterprise. Mm. Uh, so out of those, just one converted to an enterprise. Okay. So okay. either they are really small or either they will never pay. And I saw a lot of bad stuff happening after that. So like what? people reselling coupons that it was legal really? per contract yeah, oh. and, yeah. <laughs> like people after years our customers after years switched to an ltd plan and that was like a red flag what what is happening why like after three years they started using an ltd that was owned by another person ah. what's happening and uh, so there is a oh, lot that's of not nice no no there are a lot of things that are you know shady And also mind that you're getting feedback from 
a user that paid once and will never pay again. So basically you're getting feedback from people yeah. that want sure. yeah. everything for free and want to have yeah. still everything for free no matter what. Be very careful on, you know, the feedback that you're getting from mm-hmm. what kind of customers you're getting because on the long term is definitely not bringing good results. So mm. my take-home lesson after a few years is that if you want to build a sustainable business on on the long term, just go for searching for right customers. You you have to update that blog post then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. As a, a last question for you, uh, before we terminate this session, um, when you're looking for a new idea, when like a new idea pops up in your head, What makes you pursue this idea and think, okay, maybe I can make a business out of it in comparison with what makes you discard this idea? What what signs do you look for? Good question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely multiple answers because it depends on what kind of idea. If you have a SaaS and you want to implement another feature in your SaaS, um, even if it's like the smaller feature, you need to understand if, people will actually use it. I wrote a tweet the other day that the more feature you will build, the more time and effort you will need to put in order to sustain it, to manage it, to, uh, you know, support it. And with a product like custom, where we have seven products with small features, small and big features in it, (laughs) like it's crazy. Like, the amount of things you need to do to uh, support all of them, it's mental. So when it comes to building new feature, I want to validate as much as possible. And we have a public roadmap where we send our uh, customers to put their idea and vote the best. And we then analyze if the idea can be interesting to bring to other people. Regarding new businesses, I started quitting doing more and more projects. So I did launch a lot of new projects in my life. And uh, I always... A lot of them failed as well, I guess? No, no, no. I mean, after the apps, maybe did two more. Okay. Yeah, that I shut them down. But Mm -hmm. uh, they were never launched as a business. Like, they were just small projects. Mm -hmm. Um. I started another one that is successful. It's, it's running really good. I started doing more and more lean launches with just one single form and Facebook advertisement to test the viability of the idea. So before touching any line of code, I started doing some type forms or Google forms, whatever, uh with google with google ads or facebook ads with a single like step a, a single thing that is going to um tell in a few lines what is going to be the product and if i see a good engagement and a low cost per acquisition i might want to go that path down okay so it really depends on the kind of idea you're getting yeah yeah Very interesting. And I always advise the same, like, don't start building before you know that people will buy it, kind of. 
kind of thing, yeah. you know. So yeah. it's very interesting also that approach with uh, with Facebook. And um, if you have any blog posts around that where you explain that better, uh, please send it my way. I will share it in the show notes of today's episode. Okay, it was a pleasure to have you here in the Wannabe Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for your time. It was really nice. Thank you, Tiago. It was it was a pleasure to share the knowledge and uh, and uh, to impact somehow your community. Love to to meet them as well. Thank you so much, Luca. And now for the listeners, if you are an indie maker and you are in the first steps building your projects, you want to transform your ideas into a business, make sure to check out my community, the WB Space. We are more than 50 indie makers all working together building their own projects and suddenly it doesn't feel alone anymore it's like having our little team it's just really really nice so if you want to join the link will be in the description and uh, if you are interested in this kind of interviews and chats with other bootstrappers make sure to go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com episodes Again, the link will also be in the description, so no need to memorize this. And this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.